Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. William Liu mysteriously taking a sick day with the weather outside like it is today with the Raptors on their first three-game losing streak of the season. So I'm your host, Alex Wong, filling in today, coming off the bench like Udonis Haslam. And thankfully, I'm joined in studio by Sportsnet Raptors. Sideline reporter, Savannah Hamilton. Savannah, how are you? Uh, Always a pleasure to be next to you on this non-COVID-related illness sick day (laughs) that Will's taking. Yes, Will's listening to this. Uh, Will's definitely listening, probably in the YouTube comments right now, as as he does. But, yeah, you know, Toronto Raptors, unfortunately, (laughs) another loss. Yep. 124-123 last night to the Sacramento Kings. Thought they got off to a really good start there in the first half. Built a double-digit lead. Looked like might be one of those nights, you know, the Kings are on a second half of a a back-to-back. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Raptors just get right for one night. Fred was playing really well throughout. You know, Scotty had 27 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, and, you know, they lost again. They, so they lost did. again. Yeah. So they did. I know it was such a, I don't want to say wasted because then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do it justice, but it felt like a wasted performance from Van Vliet and Scotty. Like, they both played their hearts out out there. You could tell that they really wanted to win that one. They wanted to bounce back from Orlando, those two losses that they know they shouldn't have lost to. Um but you know what? Like the Kings, like one tip your hat to them. They've really turned their whole, you know, franchise around really this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did talk to, uh, you know, uh, Fox, you know, and De'Aaron Fox. And, and he was just kind of telling me that he, they just improved on talent so much this season. He's like, I don't want to slight, you know, the previous like teams and franchises, whatever. But, you know, bringing in Mike Brown, they built a new defensive identity. Um, and he also told me that Mike Brown um, also brought in the Warriors offense, which increased shooting in just their offensive schemes as a whole. So that's why they have one of the best offenses in the league right now. And that's really hard to contain for a Raptors team that is without OG and Anobi right now. Um, but man, yeah, it's stung. It definitely stung, especially by one point. You couldn't even get it to overtime. Like, yeah. 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 You know, they had a couple chances there in the last minute. I know Scotty had forced a turnover, mm-hmm. and I think it was looking to throw a look-ahead pass. I think Fred was probably breaking out, and that was a turnover. And on the last play of the game, when they needed uh, a three to, to tie, you know, Fred, you know, probably pushed off a little bit there, you know, but nobody saw it and had found himself wide open. And again, it's tough in that scenario when the clock is ticking down. Like, he probably had time to, like, even maybe take a dribble, you know, relocate, but he was... You know, it wasn't kind of like a standstill shot for him, but still mm-hmm. a very clean look, wasn't able to make it. And and that was part of the problem and continues to be a problem for the Toronto Raptors, right? Second straight game that they've only made six three-pointers. And, you know, a friend of the program, Oren Weisfeld, pointed out that the Raptors bench has not hit a three in the last two games. And, you know, you were there post-game. You know, Fred was asked uh, about a lot of this stuff. 
And, you know, one of the things that he was asked about was just the 21 attempts from three, right? Mm -hmm. Because you look at the modern day game, not a lot of teams, first of all, you're not winning a lot of games when you're hitting six threes. Mm -hmm. Um, And also you're not winning a lot of games when you're only shooting 21. Yep. Like a lot of teams are in the 30s and the 40s right now. Yep. And Fred was asked whether, you know, maybe that has to change as, as well, right? Like even though you're not shooting well, you're going to still need to, you know, focus your offense yep. and design it in a way where you are getting more looks from three. I think this might be a, I don't want to say a causation, but like there's something to be said about, okay, the focus was to build length on this roster um, and athleticism, but the focus wasn't necessarily solely on three-point shooting. And in a league where, thanks to the Golden State Warriors, they completely changed the game and made it only about three-point shooting, it's almost like you have to have a shooter on the team. And unfortunately, like, you know, best shoot, like, the Raptors were getting by without one pretty much last year. Um, you know, and, and then you see, uh, you know, Fred you know, hitting his threes. He's now at, a, like, I was a career low in shooting threes right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Two of eight last night. Yeah. yeah. And like and here's the thing is that like everything that we're saying they know. Like they know. Like they know that they're in this I will call it a slump, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, ha- something has to be done whether it's more reps in the gym, shooting out of it. Um they're getting really great looks. And that's I think that's where the ri- the issue really lies. And this is the part where like I said that they do know because it's not like they're contested threes. Some of them are wide open with, I'm counting three seconds of time at least, which is more than enough time. Because, I mean, just look at OG shot back in the, like the bubble when he hit that <laughs> shot. It was like, what was that, like 0.5 or something? Yeah. Like you could get a shot off in like less than a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you have three seconds, that's like all the time in the world. And so unfortunately, like <laughs> there has to be a cutoff time where something has to be done. And you know, I mean, that's not up to me to say or speculate, but mm. um, there's definitely uh, some some interesting issues that the Raptors are dealing with right now. Yeah, and I think that's a conversation we've been having here on the show this week a lot with, with a lot of different people too, is that kind of the short-term and, and long-term mm-hmm. um, look at this team, right? Like short-term, like you said, you can say that they're in a shooting slump. You can pull up their career three-point percentages, mm-hmm. and you can look at someone like Fred clearly and even Gary, and you can go down the roster and say that, hey, maybe some of that will normalize, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're just in a slump. But I think the bigger question, the, the one that people are more interested in, is whether, you know, the roster construction is flawed in that they do need to make the changes and they do need to bring in more shooting. They do need to fix the center position, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're when you're looking at this team, and listen, everybody's frustrated right now. And like you said, I think it's, you know, the players and coaches are probably more frustrated than us and, and, and the fans, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they like, want to win. Yeah. Listen, it's not a good, it's just not a good product right now to watch, right? Uh-huh. I think it's super frustrating for everybody. And I, I think that's the question I would pose to you is like when you look at the way that they've constructed this roster and now you look at the way that they're playing, like, do you think it is time for the front office to, to think about? you know, making changes and, and, you know, altering their roster construction plans. So when I think about what the front office is like decision-making status is right now, right? They're in a position where I think regardless, even if the Raptors were playing amazing basketball right now, they would still potentially have to make a change just by contracts, the mm-hmm. way that the contracts are set up right now. Cause you know, there's a lot of, you know, 
free agents and and bigger guys like guys asking for more money come off season already. So you're already in a position where you know it's almost you got to bring in a a big piece to I don't want to say like a Kawhi, but almost like that same Kawhi transaction to potentially try to see how far you can go in the playoffs this year, or you're going to have to scale back or kind of rethink the roster regardless. And I'm saying that if this is if they're playing amazing basketball, regardless. So now that they're not playing amazing basketball right now, we could call it for what it is. They're under 500. Um, and they were not expected to be under 500. That's for sure. I personally had them in the top five in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, and like, let's scale back for one second. Let's talk about the injuries that they faced earlier this season. That certainly did not help because it almost feels like, all the chaos happened after Pascal's injury. Like he got out and all of a sudden they got out of sync and the chemistry just didn't feel the same when he came back. And I think that's because guys' roles were changing. Like you saw OG taking more of that offensive leadership as well as the defensive leadership. So he was on working on overtime over here. (laughs) So, you know what? Good for him for taking a few, a few games off. I'm sure he kind of needs it. Um, But then on top of that, like you think about, just the other guys having to say, you know, we had a Delano Banton game in the meantime. So we had these different figures kind of like stepping up where they could. Um, and now that Pascal's back, Fred's back, everybody is like trying to find their rhythm again. And then you can't also expect, and I've this is where I, like I have a very empathetic point of like maybe coming from a player perspective that you just can't expect to step back into a game and be immediately back into rhythm. You know, like that's very difficult to do. And I think we saw that with Wancho last night too. Like Wancho came back, you know, even coach Nick Nurse, he said um, he's ready to let Wancho rip. He like, he got the the whole, you know, media uh, laugh in before the game. Um, and, you know, and then, and then Wancho comes in and he's over three from three in the first half. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but I noticed that he didn't even attempt any more threes in the second half. He was very, I could tell just like he was, he looked like he was down on himself for just missing. And there are good open threes too, right? But it's like one of those things that you can't hang your head, your head on. So you kind of, you're taking the injuries, you're taking the comebacks and you're piling them up into this, I know it's quarter to almost a third mark of the season. And you're making your judgments off of this right now. I would have liked to, I think that they have to have a little bit more grace before and I'm by grace I think ten games okay. before making some bigger calls. Okay. No, I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's too. There's a lot of frustration from the fans because they're clearly seeing the same problems play out, right? Yeah. And then like the three point shooting we talked about, and even the defense, right? The but defense, when have they ever been a good three point shooting team? I know, but 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 that's the problem though. But like, like every, I'm talking in franchise history. When have sure. they ever been a good three point yeah, but, shooting team? But but at some point, I feel like you just have to look at the results, right? Like when you're a 13 and 15 team, yeah, right. Like you can win in different ways, and I think they're trying to win mm-hmm. in in this different way, and they've tried to be innovative with the way that they're constructing the the roster, right? For sure. I, I'm totally with you on on just a bit more patience. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's hard. I'm you know I always tell Will like our show should be weekly. Because, like, you know, <laughs> since we're doing, you know, my, my you employers... You just don't want to work too yeah, much. Yeah, well, my employers disagree. <laughs> but, like, you know, when you're reacting to all the games and when you're talking about this stuff daily, like, it is frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. When you're breaking them down game to game. You know, you talk about the three-point shooting. I think Fred and Scotty talked about this after the game, too, as well, about the defense. Just the inconsistency, right? Because it seemed like, you know, they 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 had the Kings in a, in a, in a very good position there in the first half when they were up double digits. 
And then, you know, they, they ended up letting the Kings score 124 points in the game. Yeah, I know. They were, the Raptors were up by 16 at yeah. one point. But the way that they even got that 16, it wasn't by the three, tell you that much. The mm-hmm. way that they got up by, on that uh, that 16 was because they were stopping the Kings' defensive uh, transition, you know, on their on defense, on, on defense. So, you know, they stopped, like, their fast-paced offense while at the same time they were coming back and attacking them in the paint and making the extra pass. And then they kind of got away from that. So they kind of took the the gas off of the defense. So they went on for a stretch. And then at one point it looked like a little bit of messy basketball and the fact that like, you know, the Raptors would get a steal on one end. And then this is the second half. Raptors would get a steal on one hand. And then the other end, you know, Kings would get, like turn make the force a turnover for the Raptors. And it's kind of funny because I think the the thing that goes overlooked in this game is the fact that in the first half, the Raptors had zero turnovers. Like, and the Kings still cut it to three points. Mm. So at that point, you're like, okay, what do you do? Fred Van Vliet's hot. You know, Pascal's actually having a pretty decent game. We didn't talk to about Pascal's game that much. Um, and then Scotty's also having a great performance as well. But, you know, you're only up by three at the half with zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. That's a sign of a 500 team, man. I feel like every night it's something. It's every night something with this team right now. But I'm with you with the grace period too. And then, you know, I think I think Joseph Kashara from the score pointed this out too yesterday is that as much frustration there is with the team right now, like you do have to take a step back and recognize that, you know, they have most of their draft picks moving forward. Mm-hmm. They still have this very young core, you know, you know, all the frustration about how Scotty's been performing in year two, like he is coming off the rookie of the year yeah. season and you do have to give him time to develop. Pascal yeah. is, uh, you know, an all NBA player. Yep. Fred was an all-star last season. Yeah. We've seen OG make the leap, right? And, you know, this is not trying to, trying to sell people on the fact that everything is good with the Raptors right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting to me. I think about that core four that I just mentioned, right? Yeah. Like Fred, Pascal, OG, and Scotty. Thinking back to, like, last year and this year, like, we never really have seen them play together yep. in a stretch because Pascal was not in the lineup at the start of last season because of injury. Yep. And even at that point, like, OG was not the player that he is now. Yep. Scotty was not rookie of the year, like, in the first month. Like, he picked it up as he went on during the season. I know he had some great performance early on. And then towards the end of the season when Pascal was playing at the all-NBA level, yep. Fred was dealing with injuries. Yep. Right? And I know OG was dealing with injuries for exactly. a stretch too, right? And then you look at it this season as well. You mentioned they start the season, everybody's healthy. Yep. Pascal's out. Right. And yep. now, you know, Fred is slumping. OG is out. Scotty is struggling. So I think it's a tough it's a tougher decision for the front office than most people saying just that, hey, let's just make a move. Right. Yeah. Like, let's just make a move. Yeah. Because we know this front office, especially with Masai, has has been really patient. Oh, they're super patient. And they believe in their players a lot. Right. Because yep. they spend so much time into developing them, yep. getting getting to know them, getting them into the system. So, you know, I guess I'm just presenting the other side. Well, here's another point to the other side as well. And, you know, I'm going to pick your basketball brain on, on this one Oh, for please sure. don't do that. Yeah. No, I'm going to definitely We're going to have to get Will on the dive. line here. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time we had this strong of a core four outside of the 2019 championship team? Yeah, I think it's fair. Like when you look at the the Kyle and Demar teams, like they Kyle were, Demar and then who else? Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. they they were the guys that were really the engines pushing them, right? Yeah. And you had a lot of complimentary players. Yeah. Around them, even the Chris Bosh era. Who else? Yeah. No, I I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think the biggest concerns for people is 
whether because you look at how many minutes Fred played last year and has been playing this season. Yeah. And like it wasn't that long ago that we were coming into training camp and on media day, all the yep. talk was getting Fred off ball. And he was off ball for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the injury to Pascal and all this other stuff changed the equation. And now it's just back to Fred playing 40 <laughs> minutes a night, right? Yeah. I mean, he was actually playing some heavier minutes, even in the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah, I don't but, know but, if he but, really. Yeah, but it's like. <laughs> it's the type of game I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's like. 36 minutes is not always the the same across different games, right? I agree, yeah. Like, like when you've got the ball in your hands all the time, when you, you know, when Pascal's sitting, you got to be the number one option and all this stuff. I think there's, there's, there is legitimate concerns from fans about just the long-term, like, health of Fred, right? I think that's a big concern. If I were to, I mean, there's not really a lot of concerns about Pascal. Like, you know, I think if you're just looking at it last night's game, I know he, he kind of just missed a lot of shots that he usually makes, but like, No complaints about what Pascal's been doing this season. No, um, not at all. And even OG, right? Like OG OG's playing so well. OG's a, a top defensive player of the year candidate. I have. I sorry, I don't want me. To no, you please off. cut me off anytime. All right, um, I will. I'll take that as my yeah, as my green take light. Take over the show, please. Yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, this is now the Savannah Hamilton show. Please, <laughs> please. we can rebrand no. the logo and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Raptors show with Savannah Hamilton. Uh, Bye, Will. Yeah. This is what happens when Will takes a sick day. Can't no. believe Will called in sick. Um, <laughs> will, you better be here tomorrow, bro. For real. Actually, don't come in if you're sick, please. Yeah, please don't. I'll just call don't Andy spread that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. So, okay, hear me out. OG Ananobi, he is obviously a top, top candidate for defensive player of the year sure. in all seriousness. Does that make him to like, at least in the conversation of all-star? Yeah. But I think you got to get into two factors, games played, mm-hmm. right? Because of injuries mm-hmm. and just where the team is at. Okay. So then there's also this piece. Yeah. So hypothetically, let's play the hypothetical role. Okay. Yeah. If Raptors were top four right. in the East. And it's, hard we to, could- it's hard to see that right now. Shh. Okay, Grace, okay, okay, Grace, okay. Patience. All right, all right. All right. Um, if Raptors got themselves to a top four position, yeah, and we could potentially send two All Stars to a game, yeah, who on this team are you sending to the yeah, All Star game? I mean, I think Pascal is clearly an All Star. Pascal is definitely an All Star. And then I think OG would be would be the second Probably the person. Next bet. Yeah, I think OG. I'm. I'm. I want to start this OG All Star yeah, conversation listen, if listen. they get up to that rank. Listen, we playing playing the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow yeah. at home. Uh, somehow already the fourth and final matchup of the season uh, yeah. against Brooklyn. And I'm just looking at the standings right now. And we're going to talk about the parity in the league um, a little bit later. But, you know, Raptors are only like three games out in the loss column for, for fourth place. No, exactly. That's yeah. why I'm like... But they got to start the winning East games. Tight. They have to start winning and games, the but the East is tight. tight. And the schedule is getting tough. And, yeah, it's because they're playing teams above 500 yeah. for the next, like, what, 12 games they or something like lost. that? Listen, all respects to Orlando, and I think Sacramento is a great story... But if you think you're going to do anything this season, like you should not be losing to these teams. Grace. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to practice the front office yeah. level of patience. Well, listen, <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think it's two separate conversations too when you're talking about like whether the front office should make moves. Yeah. Because there's there's people who want to make moves within the core four that we talked about, right? Yes. And then there's a separate conversation about adding pieces to complement those four players. You know where Scotty's at right now, in my opinion? He's he is in the same boat as where Pascal was when he was playing in Tampa. Okay. Just a little bit lost in his game. Mm-hmm. But that does not make him a bit a bad player whatsoever. Yeah. I and I do think that like 
making any moves because I've heard Scotty's name come up a bunch of times. I've heard people talk about like, oh, remember when they were talking about KD for Scotty? Yeah, I think that was me. I've been saying that around the arena a lot. <laughs> yes, you. No, we okay. can have that conversation anytime. By the no. way, <laughs> by the way, I cannot believe, and this is no slight towards Scotty, and like I can't believe during the summer whenever KD's name came up linked to like any teams. Like, so many fan bases were like, we don't want KD. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Like, I'm not going to trade, um, you know, like, Mikhail Bridges and, and, and DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> and even, like, no disrespect. Like, uh, KD's still an amazing player, No guys. disrespect to Scotty too. Like, yeah. you know, I think I was one of one of the people that was like, it's Kevin Durant. Like, you got to think about this real hard. I was on the Scotty train. And I still am on the Scotty train. Sure. But, like, I'm just, I'm, like... You know, like I said, he is in his second year, and yeah. I think if he gets past this year, I honestly think his third year or even the second half of this season mm-hmm. will be a turnaround point for him again. No, well, I, luckily, it's not a Tampa season, right? At the end of the day, yeah. they're doing better than I'm, I haven't checked the Tampa record, but I'm sure they're doing better than Tampa. So, you know, that's where I'm placing him right now, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, this is Scotty's our long term investment, mm-hmm. right? And like literal, like literal investments and stuff like that it mm-hmm. dips like you have stocks going higher and lower this is getting deep now yeah, we're talk, talking about we're talking crypto we're talking, we're talking money now we're, we're talking, talking crypto. crypto no we don't want to talk crypto oh yeah that, that, that stuff is done right um but in terms of like st- like your investment with scotty like okay it's dipping a little bit right now in fact but you still see some spikes obviously like his game last night was like that promising and you know when it comes with maturity comes consistency and with consistency comes leadership mm-hmm. and i think he will get there um I don't think he's going to be like, you know, the go-to guy this season. I think that's pretty obvious who our go-to guys are right now between Fred, Pascal, OG. Um, but will he be there next season, a season after? Yes, I think so. And he also loves Toronto. So you want to keep a player like that around. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's important to hear some of this stuff. Yeah. Just, just yeah. to be patient. It is very frustrating the moment. And I think, yeah. you know, the Pascal Tampa example is really good. Because if you look back at the way that, you know, we all talked about Pascal too, yeah. right? Like coming Everything. off his bubble performance yeah. and Tampa and stuff. Yeah. And I'll look at it. He's he's a non-conversation. Now exactly. Now it's like, so oh, well. so we're keeping Pascal. He's yeah. not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I do think I am on the side of even if you are deciding that you feel good about these four players that you're building around. Mm-hmm. Like I do think they they need to make some changes. Like I just, they just got to bring in some shooting all the stuff that we've the talked about. The way that the Raptors make changes, though, they're yeah. they're very, like, intentional, and they're very smart mm-hmm. about it. We know that. Like, they brought in Thad mm-hmm. for, like, was it picks and, like, cash or something like that? Yeah, so they sent Goron um, to, to San Antonio. That's right. And, and Goron, and then, yes. And then they, they basically... Who wasn't even playing really anyway. They basically dropped out of the late first round yes. and got into the early second round and drafted uh, Christian Coloco. Which is... a. You know, Coloco actually probably could have been a late first round pick. If you ask the Raptors, you know, scouting team, I'm sure they were like, yeah, we probably had him on the board. Yeah. As like a late first rounder. Or something, exactly. Right? So it's not like exactly. they lost value there. No. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like it would be very uncharacteristic exactly. of this front That's office to like just blow it up and make like three major moves. No. But you think about like Gary's contract situation exactly. and, and you talked about like not everyone here is going to get paid when their contracts are up. Right. So yep. those decisions are coming. Yep. And maybe they're being pushed because, like, that's the other thing. Like, I've been reading a lot of stuff like Zach Lowe from ESPN, you know, said last week that rival execs are monitoring the Raptors. I did notice right? that. Right? They're monitoring they the be. Raptors. Yeah. Because he said, quote, you know, Masai Ujiri is known for taking big swings when things aren't going how he wants on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Michael Grange, Michael Grange also of Sportsnet, you know, he reported earlier this week that the Raptors are said to be making calls with some more urgency than would otherwise be expected 
from a management group that tries to keep things low key. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to hear hear more about the Raptors mm-hmm. being, you know, more active in the trade market. And oh, the December fifteenth date means that more players are now to be available to be traded. Mm-hmm. You know, still a couple months away from the trade deadline, but I would imagine, you know, as much as we're talking about all this stuff right now, you know, they're going through every permutation. Can you imagine yeah. we get Jakob back? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's been a big talk. Like, how that's do you, been a big talk? How, yeah. how do you feel about? You know, having like, what problems do you think Jakob Pertl would solve for this team if we were to come I, back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's have. He's like seven foot. Right? He's like just filling that center position exactly. Right? And yeah. and but with experience, and that's the difference with him and Christian, right? Christian, mm-hmm. he's a he was a great draft pick, um, and I do think that Christian's going to be a pretty solid player in like the future. Um, he's just he's just a rookie. He's just making some mistakes. No, listen, listen. Uh, uh, Christian's being put in a tough position. He really right now is because yeah. he's really a player that like, that should be on this. either on the Raptors nine hundred five. Yep. Or a rookie player on a, on a team without any expectations, where he yes. would be allowed to make mistakes like this. And that was the original conversation when they actually first drafted him. Because I remember mm-hmm. on draft night that Nurse talked about putting Christian in the 905 for a little bit. And it did make sense to you know, everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. He's a second round pick. You know, he's a diamond in the rough. Um, that means you just got to sharpen him a little bit. But now he here he is like, oh, actually, never mind. You're starting. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's, I talked to Christian and he's like, super good about it you know he's he's happy that the coaching staff and his teammates they trust him in that position and he's also getting a ton of mentorship and he's very receptive actually to mentorship as well i'll say that about his character um from fat from chem um but yeah does but you know he's still like he and he knows it. he's he still has a ways to go before he's that big dominant force in the league and that even just means even on a solely like a physicality level too right like you see him getting pushed around a little bit mm-hmm. and like you know He's a slim build, but that doesn't mean that, you know, slim doesn't mean that you're not strong. And I think there's some um, some some more weight room additions and some mm-hmm. NBA nutrition to be had to get him in that really firm position where, you know, he could probably start bodying guys in the future. But that, that year is not this season. Yeah, that's the other thing that the front office needs to ask itself, right? Because I think winning 48 games last season clearly raised the expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think both externally and internally. You know, I think there were a lot of expectations for the Raptors to to either maintain that pace or even take another step. And, you know, if, if you were to, you know, if I were to take your optimistic view and be more patient and have more <laughs> grace and stuff... You know, you would say that, hey, the Raptors are still in a development phase, right? Like yeah. they're still building their team. So when you're thinking about making moves, are you thinking about adding to the team that where you're able to raise the ceiling of the team just for this season? Mm-hmm. Or are you willing to go through these growing pains, right? With Scotty, you mm-hmm. know, think about the injuries and stuff and be patient and, and see where this group can go. What is the goal? Is the question? Of course, I mean, Masai. I mean, Masai always says it. He slaps us on the Noah yeah, a, scoreboard. There, it just says win, right? Win, win, yeah. win, and win. He's, and he's <laughs> talked, and he's talked about the playing and stuff, and that's where the Raptors are at right now. Yeah. And it's kind of strange too. Like I hear people talking about the, you know, oh, if the Raptors are struggling, maybe they should start tanking now, right? Mm-hmm. And like you talked about how bunch up the standings are. Like Raptors are now, you know, the thirteen and fifteen, so that would put them tenth. So that they're in the yeah. playing tournament spot. And it's just not that easy to tank because, like, they win one. Gr- they literally win one game. Yeah, they're eighth. No, I did. I did some math on this. You know, <laughs> my parents would be proud. Like, the, so, so the Charlotte Hornets are, are seven and twenty-one. They're the last place in the in the East right now, uh-huh. right? So let's say, let's generously say that they play like four hundred 
basketball the rest of the way, right? So they win 40% of the games the rest of the way. If they win 40% rest of the way, they would finish with a 28 and 54 record, okay? The Raptors would have to go 15 and 39 the rest of the way just to tie them. Like, it's not, it's not easy because of the parity. Like, it's too late already for the Raptors to really get into the draft lottery conversation. Not that I'm actually entertaining that. The Raptors aren't going to be. I was going to say that, I'm too, not though. entertaining that. But like, I'm, I'm not, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not happening. The Raptors, as bad as they're playing right now, yeah. there's too much talent on this team for them to, to be, like, you know, no. a 15-game losing streak no. type. That's why, it's, that's why it's like, like yeah. take, and first of all, back to your optimistic conversation. <laughs> um, optimists tend to live longer. Oh, okay. So there's some life advice for you. All right, you. I got to start doing that. Then. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, but between the fact that this core four is probably the most talented core four that we've had, mm-hmm. period, um, with some young prospects that are definitely coming up on their way, we'll, we'll, we will be realistic in both senses of you're not tanking, you're not getting Victor Wembenyama, sorry. You know, mm-hmm. you're too late for that. That ship has sailed. Was Magic at? Magic better watch it. They might, <laughs> they might be out of that conversation if they keep playing the way that they be playing against that, the Raptors. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There's like about there's like 12 teams I would say that are probably going to be in this like playoff play-in conversation. And even Orlando's yeah. playing a little better now. They are right. Like they've won four in a row. I think. Yeah. Beat the Raptors Bowl. twice, obviously. Yeah, Bowl Bowl's on. What why, the heck? You know why don't we get Bowl Bowl? Why? Um, yeah, Bowl Bowl's also from Oregon. And oh, yeah. yeah they've, him but, and Boucher, same but the, build. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's tough. It'd be tough for Masai to look at the standings because you can't drop that far. No. And, you know, if, if you keep losing, you're just going to be squarely in the play-in. You're <laughs> really going to squarely just be in the play-in. See, the, the issue, and this is where you don't want to be in the league, you mm-hmm. don't want to be in no man's land. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of want to be either at the bottom yeah. or you want to be at the top. But it's hard right now in this league because a lot of teams are in the middle. Out that, literally, we could count the teams in the middle. Like yeah. this No, this is the biggest middle. It is. I think, <laughs> no, I think we've seen. No, I was reading this article from Howard Beck of SI, and I think he put this out uh, last Friday. He said as of last Friday, 17 of the league's 30 teams were within three games of 500. Yeah. And that's the most in NBA history through a quarter of the season per, that, per league official. So we're actually watching yeah. like the biggest parody that like we've seen that's crazy yeah but but then all the more to like i mean i don't you know it's i believe it to Masai to make the big calls i don't get paid that much Mm -hmm. um but all the more to like really take stock in your assets because if every team's kind of going through the same bumpy road in the middle right now then it's all going to shake itself out come playoffs and this actually might be the the most competitive playoffs if this is the same case that we've seen in a long time like yeah, okay, we're going to have, like, the Celtics dominating, Bucks dominating. Those two are pretty much guaranteed. Um, I like the Cavs, but I'm not 100% sold on them. Um, and Nets, I mean, Nets were literally, I think at one point, like, ninth in the league. Nets, not Nets, that Nets long. are a week-to-week team to me. They are definitely like something will questionable. Come up. Yeah, Their status they, as a team, Yeah, they're, they're listed as questionable for, for me. <laughs> and, you know, they are in a top-four spot right now. Yeah. I think after Boston and Milwaukee, you could tell me anything goes for the rest of the teams, and I would believe you. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I wouldn't literally. be surprised. You could tell me any of those yeah. teams right now, like even the Sixers, like, you know, even the Cavs, like if they were to fall into the play-in, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Right? No. That's how nothing, bunch the nothing is shocking. Are. Exactly. That's how bunch the standings are. So right it's now. like, so do you make a knee-jerk uh, move this season knowing that, though? Yeah. I will say, I think, I think the fans are really thirsty for, for the front office to make moves. I'm like, and who? the unfortunate news is that... Who the for front, what? 
But the, the other thing is the fr- this front office is going to be way more patient yeah. than, than the fan base, I think, wants it to be. Well, it's funny. That's that's also a big market problem. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to be wrong. Maybe we'll come that's in tomorrow and talk problem. about a trade. Yeah, I don't know. Yo, if a trade ever happens, yo, no, I'm listening. I, I don't know. Get me on the react. But anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break here. And then when we come back, have some other topics to, to ask you about, including these new NBA awards yeah. with new names. And all of this stuff and, and a couple other things. So I'm your host, Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connext Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Alex Wong. Continue to be joined by Savannah Hamilton. Savannah, you had a shout-out you wanted to give? Yeah, shout-out to my little brother. His name is Daniel. Sub Dan? Do you call him Dan or Daniel? No, we just call him Daniel. Okay, sorry. What's up, Daniel? Yeah. Hamilton. Yep. It was his first game. Yeah, right? It was his first Raptors game last night. Unfortunately, he lo- he watched the loss, but yeah. he said that it was really exciting, so... That's awesome. I'm proud of him. Couldn't even buy him an alcoholic beverage, I heard. No, he's 18 years old. Okay. First year student at OCAD. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He's killing it. All right. Let's see his grades then. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Hey, did you see Mike Brown and most of the Sacramento Kings coaching staff? Asian wearing- dad. <laughs> oh, here comes Redale, man. Redale was lurking in the first half. He's like, let's see if Alex can actually talk basketball for 25 minutes. Um, know, right? Did you notice the Kings coaching staff? Including Mike Brown. He plays his elevator music when I kill time. Wow. Did you notice they were wearing Vans? I did not notice yeah. that, no. Oh, I noticed because Mike Brown ran to the court to oh, get I ejected. So, okay, do we know what that was exactly over? I think he was arguing over a call on De'Aaron Fox. Okay. And I then know. and then what happened was De'Aaron Fox picked up a technical. Yeah, I did And see that's that. when Mike Brown came out to argue that as well. Oh, okay. that's why Fred that's shot. He came on that's, the yeah, court that's why running. Fred shot three free throws after, right? Because yeah. two for Mike Brown and one for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be the difference in the game, because wow. that's um that's how the Raptors can get a three pointer right I now. Three techs. <laughs> Listen, I was thinking about that too. You can say it. Anyways, oh yeah, yeah, I can say whatever I want, or can I? Um. Anyways, <laughs> you know. What else? Play the elevator music. What is music. freedom of speech? Brandale, hit me with that elevator <laughs> music. So we were in the media room yesterday. You know, nice little crew. Oren Weisfeld, you know, Will Lose, Samson. Oh, yeah, good people. I think Eric Kareen was there as well. Better you know, we, we, we get into all kinds of random discussions oh, before the it. game. And one of the things I tossed out was, you know, how much in terms of number of wins do you think uh, an, uh, a pro basketball coach, an NBA head coach adds to an NBA team. Because my thought was, what if 10 media members coached the Raptors <laughs> versus an actual coach, say Nick Nurse? Do you think that's a 
30 win, you know, difference, a 40 <laughs> win difference, 50. So you're basically saying if the Raptors had no coach, how would they still win? <laughs> but but like these are great basketball minds. I'm talking Savannah Hamilton, uh-huh. I'm talking Eric Kareen, I'm talking Oren Weisfeld, Samson, Will Lou. You know, I'll be there too, so, <laughs> just chilling. My dad. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's take a good the question. egos out of the equation, maybe on this conversation, because that's a whole. Yeah. Know, if yeah. Steve Nash couldn't control. Okay. That situation. Listen, this is my proposal. My proposal at the end was, I think in all 30 NBA cities, during the preseason, they should allow five to 10 media members to coach a preseason game. Just to humble them a little bit, just yeah, for them humble to appreciate. Yeah, the media members. Yeah, just to just for the media members to appreciate what what, what coaches do. really do. Because the discussion went into like it's not just coaching in game. You know, you got to build relationships with the players. You know, development, all yeah. that stuff. But it's also like if we're all media members, like who's drawing that play? Who's drawing that last play last night when when we Honestly, need to three? So I think it'd be crazy. you. I'll, I think it'd be, be you. Yeah. Honestly, I would trust myself to draw yeah. a last play. We had some really really, and I would steal a little bit of the playbook from like. You know, my my university coach, Carly Clark, because she had some really sick end of game plays mm-hmm. where we always had like a wide open look. So yeah. shout that's a Canadian national team coach for you, though. Like she would drop this play that would literally it would be like screen, 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 blah, 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 all this action. And then wide open layup going on the backside of the rim. And what what my what the inbounder would do would just literally lob it up. And this is, once again, this is women's basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't jump as crazy high sometimes, mm. but she would, they just lob it up in the air, catch it, and like literally alley-oop a layup in wow. off a backside. And you okay. would never see it coming. Yeah. And it worked like three times. We won games like that. That's what I'm saying. Let's and try that in a preseason skipping game. Skipping the pass to like... Yeah. Sorry, I'm going my ramble right now. You, no, got me, you, you got me all excited about plays. You know, maybe I should have been a coach. What am I doing in the media? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but no one likes the media. Who would know? be the head coach? Because we always okay, we always talk about if media members yeah. played against each other, who would we draft? Well, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, disrespect you because you're filling in here for Will. But yeah. I want to see Will. I want to see Will be the you head coach see, for one game. See, I, listen, I want to see. I'd be curious to see that too. <laughs> he would actually be Chinese Nick would, Chinese Nick Nurse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my God! I want to see him yell no at the comment. refs. I'm not trying to get canceled today. <laughs> yeah, stay out of this. Um, but yeah, like I would want to see Will uh, on the sidelines. I would like to see Will too in, in a Puma tracksuit or something because they're dressed all we casual. We need to Photoshop now. that. I want to see that. Yeah, I, I, I believe those Photoshops are already out there. on top of nurses. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Will in a press, like an oppressor. Yeah, I want to see us grilling him. Yeah, I think that'd be sick. So why Let's... are you in a shooting slump, Will? Yeah, no, How do you sure fix it. <laughs> I think I think it'd be super cool. Uh, that's that's all I'm saying. All right, that was cool. Five minutes there. Good right. job, Alex. Uh, the NBA recently announced new names and trophies for their major individual awards. So the MVP is now the Michael Jordan Trophy. Defensive Player of the Year is the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Rookie of the Year is named after Wilt Chamberlain. Sixth Man of the Year after my favorite player John Havlicek. Mm. Most Improved after your favorite player George Mikan. And new yeah. clutch player of the year is the Jerry West Trophy. Their names are. <laughs> yeah, Derek's on fire. This For segment. real. What, what do you make of these names? How do you feel about the renaming of the trophies? I'm actually surprised they didn't do it sooner. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice little update. It's you know? an update. It's like an iOS update it's to like your phone and stuff. You, you know? know? I would have liked, and this is not, no disrespect. Like, come on. Like, I didn't watch, clearly didn't watch Wilt. 
Yeah. Didn't watch John Havlicek, George Mike. Can't and say I, I've seen too much Mike, and even though <laughs> yeah. he's my favorite player. Yeah, like I, I know, I know their contributions and importance to the game. Yeah, but I think if the goal was to maybe make this more relatable to the modern day basketball audience, yeah. I feel like they could have jumped it a little bit more too with more like recent players, like naming it after more recent players. Um, no, I'm actually pretty happy with the players right. that they chose. Um. That's a good take, though. I mean, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> you're like, that's a good that's take. That's a nice take. But not um, for me. <laughs> not for me. Because I just remember, especially with, like, the Mike intro. When I heard George Mike in, in particular, uh, like, especially for Most Improved, uh, I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Because right. as a post player, how do you improve your touch around the rim? You do the Mike and drill for, like, an hour a day. <laughs> You, and there's so you can do reverse mic ins, you do like, like yeah. regular mic ins. Well, it's like yeah, you do well, that. Well, the the argument too, um, I think it was Zach Lowe who mentioned this on his podcast was like when you do get to update it again, like a most improved could be Giannis, right? But he's yeah. a current player right well, now. Which I can't I think like that because that's gonna make me feel old. Because like when they update it again, it's gonna be like 50 <laughs> years from now. I'm like, gonna be like the, in the my player, 70s and be the like the award to the player who like, plays hey, one game. Off. Who, giving it to Steph Curry. <laughs> the like, award <laughs> to the player who plays one game a month, the Kawhi Leonard Award. Yeah, um, oh my the, God. the player for drawing the oh, most well. charges, the Kyle Lowry Ooh. Award. The the players right. for like ref call reacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the that best too. Reacts. No, I like that too. Uh, uh, um, Shocked in a fool award. Friend of the program, you know, Dana Smart suggested that they need a got that dog in him award. Oh, yeah, that's like a PJ Tucker type award. That's you know? a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yo, so I think that's a good, good one as one, well. Dana. So. Um, but but overall, you're happy. Oh, you're happy with the John Havlicek. Who gets the dog in it? Was trophy. Like, PJ Tucker. I think it should be maybe Beverly. named after someone like a PJ Tucker. Okay. I don't know, or a Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. You gotta yeah. get the bad boys in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. But yeah. All right. Cool awards. Um. You know. Congrats. Michael to the, Jordan MVP award. Eh. I'm down with that. I that makes sense, obviously, to me because I think he's the best player yeah. ever. Plus they got. Take. Plus they got these like new new trophies. They like designed, redesigned yeah. all of them. Like it looks super cool. They added the clutch player. Oh yeah. So the clutch player of the year. Which, you know, probably my least favorite conversation, you know, in, in basketball when people just talk about who's clutch or, or who's not. But yeah. I guess. But, but They almost should have, they should have called that the Kobe Bryant award. Yeah, but the, the criteria too is not just, because I think when people think of clutch, obviously it's like, oh, late game shots yeah. and all that stuff. But they were saying like, oh, clutch on the defensive end as well and stuff, which is going to, it's going to be tough. Yay. Well, media members are actually <laughs> going to vote on this. So it's going to pretty be pretty interesting. I'm glad we do. Because, like, what's the first, who's the first player that you think of when you think of clutch? I think of, like, Dame Lillard. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's easy. But right. he's, like, long overdue for that award. Yeah. That would be, like, that would be like here's for all the years mm-hmm. you've been clutch. Not, like, even if you have a bad clutch season this season, it's not about that. It's about, like, your entire career. No, I think. <laughs> and being I a meme for being clutch. No, I think that's fair. And, again, when they update it in, like, 20 years, I think maybe Dame will be named. I'm just trying to think who else, too. Yeah. A few names, like I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. you can think of Steph too as well. Steph for sure. Someone like that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, shouts to the NBA for the new trophies. The other thing I wanted to ask you about too is, you know, we talked about the parody earlier, and this was another conversation that came up in the media room. Um, thank God I was listening yesterday, so I could have wow. some topics today. No kidding. And we we're just trying to figure out who the favorite is in the Western Conference right now, because mm. you know, you look at the standings, and and the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies are tied Weird. at the top. Yeah. And then, you know, within the top six, you've got Denver, Portland, Phoenix, and the Clippers. But then you look at a team like the Suns, you know, they've lost six of their last seven. And then three teams that I think 
before the season, you would have expected maybe competing for a top four spot. Mm-hmm. You know, the Clippers are in a playing spot right now, and mm-hmm. we know all about their, you know, on and off injuries. You know, Dallas is like running Luka in, into the ground <laughs> yep. and, and not really getting the results that, that they want, and they obviously lost Jalen Brunson. Yep. The Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, are somehow 12-2 and two at home, but 2-13 and 13 on the road. Yeah. They'll be here on Sunday, and, you know, Steph's got an injury. Minnesota was another popular pick coming into the season the after Warriors trading. Have, like the Raptors record. Yeah, Minnesota was a popular pick coming into the season after acquiring Rudy Gobert and they're 13 and 14 right now. Yep. So, I've listed like 9, 10 teams. If you were to pick right now, who are you picking as the team to come out of the West? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, this is a very tough conversation to have because we think the East is a mess and then you just look at the West and you're like, wait, what? Um, Listen, the Pelicans watching Zion Williams like up close, you know, it's one thing to see him on TV. Yeah, he looks like a big guy. He is huge. Like you were in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans. He walked right past me Mm. um, just running to the court to put some shots or whatever. And I was like, Okay, not only is he really tall, this guy is just really, really built. And people think that it's, you know, not a healthy weight. No, he's gotten himself to a point where, like, he can move. And that's kind of the only thing that matters in basketball, right? So I don't see the Pelicans coming out of the West, though, with that being said. I think that Zion, we're just beginning to see the Zion era emerge, I'll say that. Um, I... Almost would not be surprised if we see the Grizzlies coming out of the West. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm really processing this. I'm like the Trailblazers are fourth or two. It's like okay, no, it's hard. It's hard to pick because like, it's really hard to pick. A lot of surprises. Suns. I feel like there's too much internal crap I think the happening. Suns, I think the Suns would need to make a move. They need to make exactly. Especially look at how Chris Paul's been playing this year, and exactly. you know Devin, Book, Devin Booker has been been incredible. Yeah. But I think if they were, I mean, they've got Jay Crowder sitting at home. I don't know what they're going to get for him, but I'm not sure that's going to be the upgrade that's going to put them over the top. No, it's not going to move the needle. That's why I'm like looking at this. I'm like, I think the most consistent team with the most talent and the best health right now, too, is between the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. Like, you know, I think think if you're looking at in terms of, like, who's going to make it, like, to end of season and have consistent performances throughout the playoffs. I'm not putting my money right now on Jazz, who happens to be number eight or, you know, No, I think Utah's going to fall out. No, exactly. Um, I think it's, I think the conversations with between the Grizzlies and the Nuggets, because Nuggets, don't forget, they they got back Jamal Murray. You know, he's he's still coming back a little bit, but like he, he they got some assets again back. Um but yeah, no, I don't know about. I don't. I don't. That's it's the, it's the wild, wild west right now. No, the the west is 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 wide open, and I can't. I guess the last couple of years too. I mean, last year I know there were a couple of contenders in the Western Conference too. But it's it's been a while where Your you wish. know it's been a while since it's felt this wide open. Holy. And I don't know. I mean, I did I did pick the Clippers before the season. Yeah. And I guess I'll just stick with them. I feel no. Like, I feel like they'll be there in the end. Are you sure? I mean, I'm, I know I'm betting a lot on Kawhi's health. But, you, you are. Know, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi's never let me down. Clippers. <laughs> so, He's never let you down, yeah, eh? the one time he was here in town, you know, he didn't let me down, so. What? Go on. 
Yeah. What? When they won the championship. Okay. okay. <laughs> you thought there was like going to be a personal story? I thought it was story. a personal story. Like, you know, like the ramen noodles with Utah. Like, like that no, was a no, bit no. of a letdown. Oh, man. Even Savannah knows about this ramen noodles. Oh, we, oh, we, we all know about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to make that happen. I mean, Utah's in town. Utah's probably in Toronto right now because they're playing. Yeah. Tomorrow. Why don't you have them as a dad? Why do you have me on? You should get Utah on. Well, maybe Will can get over his sickness and just, you know, go hang out with Utah. Imagine if Utah was out with a non-COVID. Maybe that's oh, why he's not here right now, actually. Maybe he's just hanging out with Utah right now. I don't know. But I think, it's, ramen, the three of us. I think it's hard to pick, like, depending on depending on injuries, too. Like, I still really like the Warriors, but the Warriors feel like another team that needs to make a move. Yeah. Right? I think their starting lineup is really good. They have a pretty good, like, I want to say, like, top <sighs> six, but... Well... Well, they have a top six. We're we're talking about <laughs> a Raptors a top. top. We're yeah. talking about a Raptors. Do you see the parody in this conversation? We're we're just coming off a segment. We're just talking straight. Okay, but Raptors. there's no Steph Curry on this team, though. <laughs> Let's be clear about we that. We don't have a top six. Okay, we were talking about our core four. I know, but I, all I I'm don't, saying. Is... Listen, all I can say is never sleep on on the Warriors. No matter how not great they're doing in the regular season. It's going to be hard Never to beat them in a seven-game series exactly. if they're fully healthy, is all I'm saying. Exactly, because they could just turn it on at any point. Mm-hmm. Like, they still have everybody. And mm-hmm. they're just, I think, a part of it, you know, I don't know if they're the healthiest team in the, in the books right now. Um, but once they do get healthy, and, like, I think they might start peaking towards end of season, and then nobody wants to see them in the first round. Nobody wants to see them. Nobody wants to see them. Period. Nobody wants to see the Clippers. And I'm only even. If I don't the, know. If that's the. If that's no, true. I'm. I'm sticking with my guy Kawhi. <laughs> Nobody wants to see the Clippers. And even with the Mavericks too. Like I don't think anybody wants to see Luca in a seven-game series. We've seen what he can do. Yeah. No. Right? Like, Luca is listen, dangerous. But, Dallas, Dallas is not winning four but rounds. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have enough pieces built around yes. him. That's why I wouldn't mind seeing him. Yeah, but he's not going to win four rounds. But if you see Luca in the first round. He could get your team. He will get your team. Like in the first he could. Round. Like he, he could get that. The conversation you know? with Luca is not if he's going to get your team in the first round. Is is he going to get your team in the second? Yeah. No, I don't think that's happening for this. Or team, the final, like, or the the conference final. Yeah, because he's not gonna he's not gonna get you out of a conference final. Well, I'm sticking with the Clippers then. You know. All right. Yeah, you seem very skeptical about I am that. Skeptical. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go sideways and and I'm gonna say, oh gosh, I'm I'm this makes me nervous. But the Grizzlies. Wow. Yeah. That would be a super fun story. Yeah. That would be a super fun story. I feel a little anxiety on that one. Yeah. Well, listen, Savannah, we made it. Appreciate you joining me in studio today. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. Was it? (laughs) Yes. Yes. It definitely, the hour flew by. Get well soon, Will. That does it for us. For today, I'm your host, Alex Wong. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and please rate and review. Thanks again to Savannah. To myself, to board producer Derek Brandeo, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Feel good, man.